Hey there, I'm Eric Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. Join us on our journey to building a $100 million company. Hey, everybody. This is Eric J. Olson, your host for this episode of the Journey to $100 million podcast. Usually, we have solo episodes of me or Kevin, but every once in a while, we like to invite on a guest, another entrepreneur, usually someone that's a few steps or a lot of steps ahead of us to ask him or her questions, find out what makes them tick, and to see if we can learn from what they've learned along the way, their mistakes, see if we could apply it to ourselves and our business so we can get ahead, hopefully even further. And today I have the pleasure of having Victor Pena on the show. Hey, Victor. Hey, what's up, Eric? Really, really appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate your time. So uh, Victor and I bumped into each other at a, a conference, basically. Yep. And right away, I was like, hey, let me get your information. And then I'm super glad to have you on the podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you. The main intention is, you know, bringing some value to the viewers and the listeners and also like what kind of nuggets we could put in there that we needed when we were starting up in the journey. And that's what my intention is to drop as many gems as I can for everyone. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to be greedy with your time here and, and hopefully the audience can benefit as well. I was about to tell you, and I'm like, hey, let me just put this in the podcast for everyone who's listening as well. We started this podcast about four years ago after we decided that we were going to have a big, hairy, audacious goal of growing to $100 million per year agency. At the time, we were $1 million in revenue and just barely like a rounding error above a million dollars. So it was just a ridiculous goal at that time. It's still a ridiculous goal. We, I mean, we've made some progress, but but there's a lot, I mean, and a lot, a lot of work to, to be done. We want to do about 2030. It's always great, Victor, to connect with someone like you who's several steps ahead. And that's what kind of like drew me to you. So if you wouldn't mind, um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, first off, you got to have a crazy goal. Otherwise, how do you get out of bed, right? So I love this uh hundred million goal. Uh, so a little bit about me. So on my main business is we empower business owners globally to thrive with print on demand. So what that means, if you picture, you know, mom at home, she has an Etsy store printing, she's printing nine, uh, it's wine o'clock shirts, you know, probably using our equipment to sell t-shirts online, sell merch. Uh, that's my primary business. We have big brands as well that are producing. And what print on demand is, it's sell it first, then print and ship, right? So you're getting paid. There's no yeah. inventory. And so we build the machines, the technology, and everything that is used for. So that's my primary business. And from there, I take everything that I earn and I stay broke and I put it into multifamily apartments. And that's my strategy as, as a whole. Very cool. So I would imagine that a lot of people are you know, who are listening maybe into like uh, inter the internet space somehow, like we're a digital marketing agency. I think that like, even though I've got plenty of stuff printed around me, uh, it, it seems kind of like one of those industries maybe that that isn't well positioned for growth, but you found a niche right now. If you would, could you kind of take us back to the beginning? Like, when did you start? How did you start? I'm guessing you did not start in the same form that you're at now. There were pivots along the way. Yeah, you know, there's, there's always huge pivots in the journey, right? So like technically I started the business in 2005 and we incorporated in 2008. So for a few years, it was more like 
you know, engineering the product, figuring out like what is, what value can I bring to the marketplace is different, you know? And so at the beginning, if you notice, I really like the printing industry because printed products are always going to be around, right? But I wanted something with some growth uh, because I'm more in the technology space. That's my background. That's my education. And I wanted to do something different. And I had worked on print engines before in the hospitality industry. So if you go to a hotel and you use uh, the business center and the lobbies mm. and you pay an exorbitant amount of money or use the internet in the room, the, the technology that I was involved in developing back then. So I had that expertise to say, well, what can we do with it uh, that has some ramp for growth? Because that's super important. So I saw the digital printing of t-shirts to be able to do one-offs full color customizations, all of that was not really mainstream. So that's kind of why I decided, let me see if I can make something out of this. And that led me down this rabbit hole, you know, at, at the beginning, that's how the process started. I'm surprised that you, it sounds like you started off pretty close to where you're at now, not, not as far as scale and, and whatnot, but like the vision, right? And so What's interesting for me is I thought you were going to say something along the lines of you were selling t-shirts, you're selling printed material, and then you, you kind of got into the manufacturing. You just went, you went right into the manufacturing or, or at least the, the manufacturing of the machines. Well, it, yeah, it sounds easier than it was. Right. But yeah, the thing is, you know, for the main start was actually like really falling in love with the technology and what it could do as a growth opportunity right so printing was new but tech wasn't for me right so yeah i didn't come from like a printing background to, right. to, to producing and say hey you know what i could build a better widget it was more like uh, honestly it was like hey what can i do that uh, i could sell and make a lot of money and then i could have a recurring line of income afterwards right so a lot of the vision i've already you know, I, I realized it later in life, but I've always had kind of a vision that was bigger and I wanted to do bigger things, right? But when it came to this, I really loved the fact that uh, if you provide people value and quality inks, they, they're buying them every month. So you don't have to sell a machine to a customer every single month just to survive. So there's a trailing value proposition and revenue that you can make, you know, as a company if you keep giving good service to your customers, right? So that I really love that about printing space. But I also love the how old school it was and how it needs digital transformation and needs innovation, right? And it still needs more of it now, right? And that was one of the most attractive parts of it is I could take something that's so like, it hasn't been changed, you know, since it started and bring online technologies to it, bring other stuff. So that that's kind of how the vision started, you know? That's great. So your revenue model is you sell the, the printer and then you sell the ink on a recurring basis. Exactly. I got it. Have you messed with that model in the past? Have you tried different things like maybe just all recurring revenue, try to like amateurize the cost of the printer or has it always been kind of the same? Yeah, so these are more industrial printers. So they're a bigger size for production. So for example, if you, an average price is around $25,000 for the for equipment, right? And then there's other products that, you know, we offer entry-level people as well. But so it's hard to offer free 25 grand in exchange for inks, right? So we've toyed with those ideas, but normally it's a fairly straightforward model, right? You pay for the equipment and then you pay a good price for inks. Uh, so mm -hmm. 
what we did different there is if you could visualize, I don't know if you remember, you were doing a project, going to school, and then you got to go to Office Depot and buy ink cartridges. Uh, yeah. And it's like 35 bucks for a, a little little color thing. And then you get home and then now you got to go buy another color, right? And you, you never actually get out of that loop. So, and that's traditionally how the printing companies handled inks, little cartridges, super expensive, and then a machine's almost free, right? Um, right. And so what we did is we're like, okay, well, how do we make those changes? So we ended up formulating our own inks. Uh, we sell them by the bottles and we cut out like three lines of middlemen in between, no cartridges, no plastic, none of that. Uh, so we offer like the lowest cost per print to our customers uh, and really high quality products. And we were able to disrupt kind of like that old school game. And, you know, we've been dominating in our industry, you know, product of the year for the last six years. And that's with companies that have been around for a hundred years, right? On wow. the same model. Congratulations. That's thank awesome. You, thank you. Let's stay like back in the beginning, just, just for one more question, 2005. So you, you said you incorporated in 2008. So it took about three years before you were ready to like go all in, I guess, with the business. During the three years, you were researching, building, innovating, testing. What was that transition like? Uh, did you have like a day job? Or you were doing this nights and weekends, one of those kinds of deals? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I was in the hospitality technology space, so um, I'm a recovering engineer. So that's my uh, my profession, Same. right? Yeah. And and the thing is, is I this was a startup from like my other business, right? So it was a little a little room. We had negotiated kind of an, the, sa the sale of my existing business contracts for another company that, uh, you know, we had the Hilton contract, Marriott, and mm, somebody wow. wanted to come in and, and scoop those up. So I needed to find something new. At the beginning, uh, it was a bootstrap deal. There was actually four other partners that were part of the, the I would say the pseudo, the startup crew. Hey, why don't we do this? this idea and then i researched it my job was the engineering side and the tech side right but then uh, you know after that what happens is a lot of people have the allure of starting a business and if you notice it's exciting you're like trying to figure out the name and the logo and all these things but what happens is when it's time to get to work it's hard for people to execute right so that that happened to me a one by one other partners were like, oh, shit, I'm going to exit because this is way more work than I thought, you know. And I was like, I was already used to, like, work, you know. So, so that's why it was a transition period of, like, figuring out, okay, I have a role of being the, the tech side of this thing. Mm -hmm. but, and going from now I have the role of everything of this thing, right? Sales, marketing execution, all of that stuff. So that was the beginning. And it was a, a, a little small piece of an office that I, that we were renting for like 150 bucks a month. And, that, and that's kind of how that got started. I love it, man. Humble. But yeah. it sounds like you had a, a, another business uh, that was successful that you were able to parlay into what you really want to do. So I love it. Yeah. You've been in business now for going if you go back to 2005 for 17 years. Yeah. Which incredibly impressive. That's a long time. So anyone who's thought about like starting a business, who's listening 17 years being self-employed, like it's, you have a team around you now, but like in the beginning, like you didn't, and it's, it's hard, like everything yeah. rests on your shoulders. So congratulations on that. Yeah, it does. So I'll, I'll give you guys like one tip that's super important, right? When it comes to you starting something like commitment, super important. 
So make sure you're always, if you're going to start a business to understand that it's, it's going to be super difficult, 10 times as much, 10 times as harder than you thought. So you need to give yourself patience and you need to understand that your first five years is a bare minimum of time that you have to dedicate and more than likely it's going to be 10, right? So patience is important. Uh, If you want to build something big, if you want to build something great, that's what it takes. I haven't seen stuff that is super easy, super fast, really be something solid and long-term, right? And I know there's a lot that, you know, there's a lot of digital space, crypto, all this other sexy stuff, wholesaling and all, all this uh, fly by night stuff. But the reality is you guys need to be patient because it's going to be kind of a difficult path. Right. And and like give yourself that leeway to say, hey, I'm going to invest five years and I'm going to hustle it and don't expect to be rich and with a Lambo in two months. Yeah, well stated. I, I completely agree. And for me, which I think is a pretty normal journey for entrepreneurs. It took five to 10 years to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. And and there was a lot of changing and pivoting, which is, which is why I was surprised actually for the last 17 years, you've been on effectively the same vision because for me at 13 years in, there's, there's been a lot of pivots and each one of those pivots is effectively a restart. And so by, by having that clear vision and sticking with it and not you know, being able to resist impulses. I'm sure you've had a lot of opportunities to go do this, go do that. Right. And you, yeah, you I'm, have I'm to a just... big idea guy, you know, like you should see, I have a, the, my strategy with ideas is, so what I used to do is at one point I was doing like seven projects. Okay. And that gets really difficult. We're talking about seven companies, seven different things. And not until I focused on my main thing was where I saw some big growth. Right. So what I do now is if I get ideas, hey, you know what? Maybe I should chase this shiny red ball. I give it its time. I put it on my list, right? I give it uh, its storage space. And then when I'm in that mode, then I can go back to it at some point. Yep. Uh, but being focused helped me kind of stay on that path long term, right? Because I was all over the place at the beginning. Yeah, very natural too. Like uh, as an entrepreneur, you want to go do three or four things and you think you could do it all, but you can't. Just one thing is going to take all your time and energy. Exactly. Well, let me ask you. So like along the way, last 17 years, maybe even before, what what are some kind of like big mistakes that you felt like you made that uh, in retrospect, you could avoid now if you were to do it all over again? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I'll preface it with, I make mistakes all the time still, right? The main difference is, uh, you know, I don't do like big game changer killer mistakes, you know, because I always want to try different things. So mistakes are okay. You're going to make them. But some of my earlier mistakes is not getting my vision properly defined, not getting, uh, and what does that mean? Okay. Well, why do you, why are we even doing this business? Right? Why am I doing this business? Right. And why should anyone come with me on the journey? Right? So it took me too many years to define that. So what does that do? If you start kind of just, hiring whoever will work for whatever pay you have left over. Uh, But there's no clear vision and path set up for them at the beginning, right? So if you do one thing and as an entrepreneur is really spend that time creating a vision and why you're doing something, because it's going to help you find out what's the big end goal, what's the big thing that you guys are all after. 
right? Yeah. Great advice. It's a difficult one. And personally, like I started the business, frankly, for a living and it took a long time before I started to shift my mentality away from me and my livelihood and to the people that I was affecting either by hiring them directly or clients and how we could help them. And that's only been in the last couple of years, frankly, pretty profound shift though. When you start to think about others, instead of yourself, you do the right thing yourself for others and good things will happen to you, but that shouldn't be the primary. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a key thing where it's a difference because if like I, you know, my, my background is construction, right? Growing up as a kid, that's what, that's what most Mexicans, that's what we do. <laughs> that's how I pay for college. So, and I say that because in that field, you either show up and you work hard or you don't eat, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so my mentality of employees was that of construction, right? I'll get, I'll, I'll go and get 10 guys and we're there to Hang do a job and let's go, right? But when it comes to building a big organization that has different levels of leadership and all that, you now have to have uh, the vision and the team members have to also win, right? What do they get by like getting this big goal to a hundred million, right? What, are, what do they right. get? What's their participation? What's their development cycle? Um, how do they become financially free uh, with their families, right? That's the new thing. I didn't have any of that at the beginning. It was like, hey, I'm paying you your salary. You should do your work. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very normal. Right. I mean, that that's mm -hmm. what most bosses, frankly, think. Right. Yep. And and that's kind of your mentality in the beginning as well. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to survive here. And it's very difficult to think about a future when you're just trying to survive. It, it took yeah. us, uh, yeah, several years before I could even start to think about what the future could hold and, and, and even like you know, fancy some sort of future at a hundred million dollars, Never mind like being in business next year. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I, I would, my journey was easily 10 years and closer to 15 for my overnight success. Right. And that the reality is, uh, everybody says now the question is, well, man, how, uh, like you planned all this, but the reality is no, like my initial goal was like, don't go bankrupt. Uh -huh. uh, and and like have enough for for meals and like yeah, rent that's right? right that's the initial goal that's right let me ask you if, if you were starting this whole entrepreneurial journey all over again what would you do differently you think yeah i have one key thing that's super important that's helped me probably the last three to five years and that's modeling successful people that have already done it like, uh, because what did I do at the beginning is try to figure everything out by myself to either save money or because I wanted to know uh, and all that. But the reality is other people have, have already built big things. Yep. Yep. They have the knowledge, they have the framework, plug in and use it and then pay them. That's my number one thing that I would do if I was starting over besides purchasing a business that was already established. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've thought about that last one too, because it, we've reinvented ourselves multiple times and we were, we, we've got it now. We're not going to do that again. I've actually gone through a merger in the past. I'm not doing that again. If anything, I want to be acquiring, but, uh, but yeah, if 
it's interesting you mentioned that. I was talking to someone about they were thinking of buying a franchise, and I'm like, well, there's pros and cons. And when the pro is they've already invented the business. You don't have to invent it. You just get the binder and training, and you're off to the races. Exactly. Imagine that. It's interesting. So, you know, the first thing you talked about was finding people, successful people to model, and mentors go into that a lot. So you and I actually met at a Grant Cardone real estate summit probably about yep. two months ago or so. That was my second summit, real estate summit. I've been to a couple of those other events, but yeah, we, we bumped into each other at one of those events where we were trying to learn from people who were several steps ahead of us, right? I know now that that was not your first event. Can you kind of like explain your whole like 10X, Grant Cardone, uh, Cardone Ventures uh, journey and process, how that started and where you're at now? Yeah, definitely. So I originally like found Grant on YouTube. All right. And I was researching real estate. So, and I didn't really connect with the guy at the beginning because he's like <laughs> cocky and kind of like abrasive. Right. But, you know, my vision was to get into apartments. Like that's yeah. what I wanted to do long-term. This was a uh, 2014, 2015. Right. I had enough finally to pay the bills and save up money. And my vision was to get into real estate. So I did a lot of free stuff all on the Grant's YouTube channel. I actually bought my first apartment building off of the, like the, all of the workshops that he would do for free on YouTube. That's how I bought my oh. first apartment building. And then I got into his sales stuff because, you know, I went broke buying an apartment building and moving the money to there. Uh, and now I got to make more sales, right? So then... I got into all his sales material and I'm like, dude, we, we should be doing all this stuff. And I started with a book and implementing some of that stuff, marketing, uh, yep. the, the flow yep. of the conversions. That's how the initial relationship started. I didn't go to a conference till years later. I think it was uh, Miami Marlin Stadium 2018. Mm. I think that's what it was. For GrowthCon. Yeah, GrowthCon. Yep. That was the first event that I actually paid to do stuff. So, and the thing was, uh, like the message was simple, right? Think big, basically think 10 times as much more than you've been thinking. Forget all your drama of your hardships and growing up. Cause that's not going to help you focus on big goals and then turn that money into assets that are paying you cash flow over time. I really resonated with that message. And then that, that was my first, my kind of my, my journey there. And then I invested time into building relationships with him, his family, you know, his, his uh, top executives are some close friends of mine uh, and my wife's now. And then here comes Brandon Dawson right after that to organize the operation of the chaos that you make by going beast mode, selling, marketing and all that. Right. So that's what I'm like, this is the guy. So then I went all in with Brandon. You know, I spent easily uh, over 800 to a million dollars now with uh, Cardone Ventures and, and the 10X community um, mm -hmm. planning out my business. I get, you know, coaching from Brandon and stuff like that just because of what he's done. And, and the guy's just a badass uh, all yep. the way around. Right. So, oh, yeah. so that's kind of been my journey. And that's why I say, look, I waited to the tail end to invest all that money in these last five years. But if I would have spread that out maybe earlier, right, you don't have to go in 
uh, you know, I didn't have the money to spend that much at the beginning, but I could have got like a course, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on different things in the past. So that's been my free to, to a lot of money journey with these guys as mentors, but it's helped me a lot. I wouldn't have my real estate where it is now. Of course, like I had to do the work, but I got the guidance, you know, I, I wouldn't have my business where it's at now without having some of these guys that have done big things yeah. in the past kind of give me the tactics for it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, when I talk to colleagues, other business owners about hiring mentors, uh, investing in programs, like you're talking about, a lot of times they're very focused on the money, right? So you said 800,000 to a million dollars you spent with Cardone, Cardone Ventures, et cetera. And, and a lot of people will be like, that's crazy. But the thing is like, there's really only two ways to get experience or knowledge, I should say. One is through experience, your own experience, trial and error. You could make a fatal mistake during that process. You mentioned that like you're not you're not in that realm anymore, but like a lot of people can make fatal mistakes along the way. Not to, to yourself personally, but you know, to your business. You could kill your business with some of these bad errors that you make. Uh, but then also it just takes a long time, but it is a very good way of learning by doing it yourself earning your own experience. The other way is through others, learning from the experiences of others, through books, podcasts like this, through programs, through conferences, right? Networking and try to soak in as much as you can, learn from them and then try to avoid those mistakes and grow faster. So you don't have to wait 50 years to get to where you want to go. Maybe you could do it in 10 years, right? So it takes an investment in order to make that happen. You don't just do it for free and overnight. It takes an investment of time and money to get to where you want to go. So that's something I've like picked up on recently is that this, this won't be a, a cheap ride. I'm going to have to spend money and time to get to where I want to go. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is the thing you could do at every income level and you could find a mentor and you could find education that's going to help you propel and get to your next level that'll get you used to saying, Hey, you know what? Education is actually what got me here. Instead of like saying, well, if I pay for this course, how much can I make next week? You know, it's not going to work like that because uh, a lot of people forget that the course is not what the valuable part is. It's what you're doing with it and how you implement it. And those results are going to be made by you. You have, you're going to get a roadmap. But what happens when stuff doesn't work for people is because they buy a course or invested in something, but they forgot that they didn't open it. Yeah. You know, and they didn't start it. They didn't finish it. They didn't go through with it got hard and then they pulled out of that. Right. And now the course didn't work. Where did I say things? Eric Thomas, don't be upset about the results you didn't get with the work you didn't do. And it relates to these courses. That, that and these mentors and the, the advice you have to implement you have to do yeah. the work you know that's super important totally agree well hey victor this has been great if someone would like to follow you online or get more information what's a good place for them to go and and get some more information about you yeah so i try to be all over the place uh the, the main place is my instagram at victor underscore h underscore pena and you can get uh, a link there to you know, at Omniprint International and Hugo Holdings for the real estate. And I'm, I'm posting all that all the time there. So that's the best spot. Feel free to DM me if uh, anything I could help you with. Yeah, you have a, a great Instagram page here. You have some some pretty uh, well-known people, at least people I know on, 
right on your uh you know the main page there and uh decent following too man definitely L- little by little you know grant forced me uh he's like you can't be big if you're on private yeah. and you know my only two followers was with my mom and my wife and uh, <laughs> if i'm gonna do anything big so that day i was like damn this guy's talking to me right now so i I like put it on public and I just started doing the things that I need to, to inspire people. That's how I've been doing it. Very cool. All right, Victor. Hey, that was a pleasure talking with you. I'm glad that we reconnected and uh, thanks for making the time to be on the show. Likewise. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate being on here. I really love the show. You got it, bud. Are you a business owner looking to reach more customers and grow? Array Digital is a world-class digital marketing agency that partners with companies just like yours. We've worked with top brands throughout the country and love helping businesses generate more revenue, employ more people, and serve more customers. Reach out to find out more about our award-winning website design, SEO, advertising, and social media. You can find us online at thisisarray.com or call us at 757-333-3021.